0: You're listening to The Knot, another wrestling podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Promasano here, your host. And what a week it has been, folks, for this week in professional wrestling. My God, there were so many great matches that happened this week. So much really, really good shit that happened this week. Some not-so-great stuff. but We're not really going to focus on that not-so-great stuff. There's some new stories that have come out. I'm uh, going to focus on... My favorite things about Hell in a Cell. The key talking points. Going to go over a few things that happened on Raw. The Survivor Series card is now set. A certain Raw superstar has had his name changed. Going to go over some of the highlights that happened in NXT. Uh, Big news of an independent... I'm sorry, an AEW wrestler winning a major world title. And the full gear pay-per-view has been set. And... AEW's main event was such a banger, but we'll get to all of that later on. First, we're going to talk about Hell in a Cell. First and foremost, I hate the Red Cage, but the Red Cage is not going to go away. Just like these goddamn gimmick pay-per-views. However, first we're going to talk about, in my opinion, what the best match of the entire night was. And for my money, a match of the year candidate. I am talking about Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. I didn't think they could top the previous match they had at of Champions. I honestly didn't want them to have Jay and Roman go at it again. Because really, as great as their first match at of Champions was, it was more of a placeholder for Roman. But... This match just was felt with so much emotion. So much character work work done in this match. I mean, my God. Like, that is what it's all about, people. That is what it's all about. Jey Uso and Roman Reigns, they can work. And they can work their asses off. But they made you feel. They really made you feel for them. Like, you know, when... I mean, the pivotal point was... You gotta give it up for Roman Reigns for his acting cred, uh, credit because Jimmy Uso comes in, you know, he's willing to throw the step. Uh, Roman's willing to smash the steps on top of top of of J Uso and Jimmy Uso's coming. It's says, John, man. All right, Uso, it's your cousin. We family. We couldn't can't bring you know using their real names. Roman cries and he's like, I'm sorry, I love you. I'm sorry. And then he puts, he puts Jimmy Uso in the guillotine. Leaving Jay Uso to quit because of J- Jimmy being put in the guillotine. It was a, it was a hell in a cell. I quit match, and man, these guys knocked it out of the park. It was absolutely amazing. I keep saying that Roman Reigns' heel turn is probably the best thing that has ever happened to him. He's doing the best work of his career right now, and it it took a long time for it to finally happen, but. He's finally a heel. He finally turned heel. But better late than never, I suppose. But uh, I really recommend anybody who has not seen that match. You did not get to see Hell in a Cell this past Sunday to definitely go and watch it because, again, it was character-driven. And that is something that we don't get to see, really, anymore in pro wrestling matches. I think wrestling fans today are, are very... Um, conditioned to work rate, and they're very conditioned to you know all the moves people can do in the ring and you know I think the main thing we really forget is how great a story can be and I think any two wrestlers you know I mean I think as far as the work rate goes obviously the work rate should be amazing because the wrestlers of today are the best wrestlers the talent is 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 the best it's ever been In ring, the talent is the best it's ever been, and nobody can deny that fact. But the character work uh, doesn't get really shown too often when it comes to wrestling these days. And I loved Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, and this was clearly the end of that feud, but I'd love to see them go at it again. I don't think they will, but I would love to see them go at it again. Um... Roman Reigns vs. Jey Uso for me was a match of the year contender, and it will definitely go on a list later on this year, actually next month or so, of the top of my top ten best wrestling matches of 2020. We'll get to that when the time comes. The other few things I want to talk about for Helen, coming out of Hell in a Cell was uh, Sasha Banks versus Bailey inside Hell in a Cell. You know. I predicted that Bailey would retain, that Bailey would retain, and that she would really, you know, really hurt Sasha and beat the shit out of her, and you know maybe Sasha could win the Rumble and then they they cap off this feud at WrestleMania, which I still think it's possible. But um, but yeah, this was another this was another great match. This was more, I guess, on the work rates. This had the work rate side, and it had, you know, the 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 character building and it had the, the long-term booking effect with this match. I mean, I loved the, you know, the meteoras into the, the cell wall that Sasha was heading into Bailey. Uh, it was strange how when Sasha threw Bailey's chair all the way up the ramp, and then somehow it magically got to the door of the cell. How did that happen? I don't know. Um, that was really great. The frog splash onto the steel chair, the spot where Bailey uh, has Sasha in the the ring curtain, I believe if that's what we want to call it, and she's just smacking her and hitting her with a kendo stick, and then she hits her on the the polling. I don't know. I can't fucking remember. But the match was just. It was hard hitting, man. It was hard hitting, and it was definitely if this is the end of the feud, which I don't think it is, but if it is the end of the feud, then they've really done an amazing job of, it's one of, again, it's like the the one, it was like the one main long-term story that was being done on main roster WWE. And I'm so glad it happened on SmackDown because SmackDown has their shit together, man. They really, really do. And as far as where I think this is going to go, I think that, this isn't the end of the feud. I think Bailey's probably going to take the title off of Sasha and we'll see her hold on to the title for a while and take Sa- and take Sasha out and Sasha can win the rumble, you know, cuz that's what I think. But I think overall, if this was the end of the feud, it's great how this culminated at Hell in a Cell where Hell in a Cell matches these days are just thrown away gimmick matches. When this is what the purpose of Hell in a Cell was. It's a blow off of a of a huge rivalry. That's what this is, and that's what Bailey versus Sasha built to. And I don't necessarily think it it it, it built to this on purpose. I think it china kinda just happened. And they're just like, oh Hell in a cell's uh, the next pay-per-view. Sure, we'll we'll wrap it up there. But um If this is the end of the feud, then good on you, WWE. You did an amazing job booking a long-term story that you've been teasing for the longest time. Since WrestleMania, actually. Or even before then. If not, I think this is all going to cap off at WrestleMania. That's just what I personally believe. That's what I personally think. The last big thing that happened to come out of Hell in a Cell was that we have a new WWE champion. 14-time the apex predator, the viper, the legend killer himself, Randy Orton. So Randy Orton is the new WWE champion. Um, I th- really honestly thought that if they were going to put the title on Randy, they would have done it at SummerSlam. Or they would have done it at Clash Champions. I said that in the predictions for this and for the Clash Champions back in September. But... It's strange because Drew beat Randy decisively. Twice. Well, he kind of had help from Clash of Champions. But, I don't know. It's it's weird, you know. Randy kind of looked a little weak, you know, being beaten by Drew twice. And it, it kind of makes Drew a little weak. You know, you beat this guy decisively twice and now he's the champion. The feud's not over, I don't think. I just think it's strange and a lot of people reports backstage say that a lot of people are confused as to why Randy is, is the champion and it's not really heat on Randy, it's just it's confusion of the booking. But uh I have to take a minute. I have to take a few minutes actually. So for those of you who have been listening to this, the very few that you are, thank you for listening still. <laughs> um I've I've said numerous I'm beating a dead horse here with what I'm about to say. I've said numerous times how much I love Drew McIntyre. I think there's something we should take into a positive. I think that, one, it sucks that Drew lost the title. We knew it was going to happen eventually, but it sucks that he lost it. I think we should all take a moment, if you haven't already, just understand how amazing Drew McIntyre was as the WWE champion. Think about this for a second. This guy was given the push of a lifetime in January. He was there were seeds planted over the past couple of years that he was going to be a big deal. At least that's what I thought because I always had it in my mind that you know Drew McIntyre is going to be the next top guy. I had to settle for I think Drew McIntyre will be the next top heel um, because I just didn't think they would put him at the top of the card as the top level baby face, as the top babyface in the WWE, which he is. And, you know, it just made me so happy. I, I've again, I have said how much I love Drew McIntyre, how much of a big fan I was of him, even all the way back from his early days. And, you know, I, I was, the, we were all there for the dark times, guys. We were all there for the dark times with, you know, when he was in three MB and he was he was a jobber, like it's like you know this guy who was on TV, handpicked by Vince McMahon to be the next big thing, and he you know he became a jobber and then he got released, but then he went on that indie tear, man. He he went everywhere. He you, Drew McIntyre went just about everywhere and rebuilt himself, and he's. He When he came back, he was bigger, badder, better than ever. He went to Evolve and won their championship. He went to WCW, and won their championship. He went to Impact Wrestling, won their championship. Just about every wrestling company he went to, he won the world title. He was every wrestling company's top guy. He comes back to WWE. He wins the NXT championship. And kind of a meh NXT run, I'm not going to lie. But it was cool to see him in NXT. He comes back to WWE. And he comes back out of nowhere, teaming with Dolph. I, You know, I liked his partnership with Dolph. I thought they made a pretty neat, decent tag team. You saw that they had big plans for him. You saw that they had big plans for Drew. I always wanted to believe that. Then comes January early this year, the Royal Rumble match. He was the guy that the fans wanted to win the Rumble. He was the guy that everyone wanted to win. And we all thought it was going to be Roman Reigns. They did in what became my favorite Royal Rumble match ever. You haven't heard me say that before. I'll say it again. The 2020 Royal Rumble is my favorite Royal Rumble match ever. I have talked about this numerous times, but I will briefly explain myself. They went in. Drew McIntyre comes in at number 16, I believe, or 17 or 18. Brock Lesnar enters the Royal Rumble as the WWE Champion. He is decimating and dominating everybody that comes in his way. You had the nice little calling back moments of Kofi Kingston, Rey Mysterio, and Big E coming in. They all tried to go and eliminate Brock. Brock makes quick way, a quick waste of them. You had guys like MVP come in, John Morrison, Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro. Guys just coming in and being tossed out of the ring. Keith Lee comes in, has a nice little moment with Brock. Braun Strowman comes in. Brock Lesnar eliminates them both. Ricochet comes in, and he's dominating Ricochet. Then comes Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre comes in. Ricochet kicks Brock in in the balls. Drew comes in, Claymore kicks Brock Lesnar. Drew doesn't stop looking. He does not stop staring down Brock after he's eliminated him. Brock just stands there in disbelief. The whole time, I'm hoping, please Brock, don't go inside and throw Drew over. Over the ropes and eliminate him. But he didn't do that. Drew looked immensely strong. And more and more great things happened in this rumble. Edge returning happened at this rumble. And at the end of it, we had Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, the guy everybody wants to win versus the guy who everybody doesn't want to win. And what happened? The guy who we wanted to win won the Royal Rumble. Drew McIntyre won the Royal Rumble. He had his moment in front of everyone there in Houston, Texas. We're like, yes, finally, we're finally getting the guy we want. In the main event of Wrestlemania. We're finally getting this. He's going to have his moment. And as we all know. The coronavirus pandemic happened. And Wrestlemania did not happen in front of fans this year. It had to happen in front of the performance center. In front of nobody at the performance center. And I was gutted. But there's one person who is more gutted than all of us. And we all know it was Drew McIntyre. Watching that little documentary they did on him. When this was all happening. And when he won the title from Brock and you could see in his in his eyes just how happy he was winning it. Looking at the camera, saying, Thank you. Thank I thank all of you. We did this together. And I was so happy for him. I I still am so happy for him. it it's it, it believe me, it is gutting it gut wrenching and heartbreaking that he couldn't have his moment in front of a packed Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Florida and it sucks that you know fans couldn't watch that live in attendance and it sucks that we as the fans at home couldn't see that see or hear that reaction of when he won the title closing out WrestleMania but I think we should all take a moment and just be happy that this happened be happy that they wanted this to happen. They had this plan. They wanted this to be in front of a live crowd. They wanted this to be at their biggest show of the year for Drew. They wanted this for Drew. And now Drew is a made guy. Drew McIntyre is a made guy in WWE. He is at the top. He's at the very top. He was the he is the top baby face in the WWE. That's right. Remember, he's the guy we wanted. He's the guy we want. Guys, WWE actually listened to us in this scenario. There's a wrestler we love. We're like, we love Drew McIntyre. We want him to be the top babyface. Vince McMahon said, so do I. In an era where Roman Reigns and, and guys like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins are dominating at the top... And nothing against them. They're two of the best that they got. But at a time where Vince easily could have made this Roman, the Roman Reigns show again. He's making it the Roman Reigns show, but with a heel Roman Reigns. He is making this Drew McIntyre show with a top babyface Drew McIntyre. That's just him winning the title and what he's done. Not to mention how well he carried himself as champion at a time when they were performing in front of nobody, even before the planted fans in the in the performance center. And now at the Thunderdome with the the fans at home watching on their web cameras. But you know what? I'm damn happy that this happened. I'm happy that Drew McIntyre became WWE champion. I'm happy for him. He is one of my favorite wrestlers. He's been one of my favorite wrestlers for for the for several years now. And we just have to hope and pray that when fans are allowed to come back to wrestling shows, that they're saving the moment for when Drew can finally win the title again. Because that's what I want. Do I want Drew to win the title back? Yeah, of course I do. But I wanted to. But I would love to be the one, the one of many who could get that opportunity to see it in person. I would love to see. Could you imagine Drew McIntyre? Let's say against Randy... not Well, not Randy Orton. Let's say Drew McIntyre against Edge. Maybe against Brock again. Maybe against Roman Reigns. Against Seth Rollins. Who knows? But one thing's for sure. Drew McIntyre, you fucking killed it as the WWE champion. You are a made guy. You are the people's top babyface. And your WWE's top babyface. And that's been very hard to come by in the past 15 years or so. So thank you, Drew, for the hard work you have put in. Thank you for being an amazing WWE champion. And it's only a matter of time before you're back at the top. I just wanted to say that for Drew McIntyre. He'll probably never hear it. Most definitely will never hear it. But I had to say it. He's my favorite guy. He's my favorite. Moving on to a few other things that happened with Drew McIntyre. He made quick way of The Miz, and Matthew McConaughey was over on Monday Night Raw in the Thunderdome. He was pointing out to him (laughs) with him and his kids. That's kind of funny to see. But as much as we'd love Drew to win the title back, and I think Drew wants to as well, because Drew's not done with Randy Orton. As we saw this week, we had a moment of bliss with Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. Uh, And Drew came out, started brawling with Randy. He said something like, uh, I'll fight forever so I can get my title back. Prior to that, Randy's asking Alexa Bliss, where's the fiend? I know he's here. I know he's hiding. And Randy gets away from Drew and the fiend is standing right behind Randy Orton at the top of the stage. Randy Orton doesn't want to address the Fiend. He glances over just barely and then walks back to Drew and starts fighting with Drew again. And earlier in the night, we had a Firefly Funhouse episode where uh, Bray Wyatt dressed up as the Mad Hatter. And I loved Alexa Bliss's outfit more this time around this week than I did last week because last week it looked like she just went to a Hot Topic back in like 2002 and grab whatever she could find. It just she looked like, you know, a kid in the in the mid 2000s going to hot topic. Whereas this week it looked better. I I liked this outfit she had better. She had gloves to resemble uh the the fiend. I think it said hurt and play something like that. I'm getting it wrong. I know I am. But I loved the character work here. Bray was doing callbacks to when Randy burned down his his house, his little shed, back in 2017. Even the staff he was using to, to hit Rambling Rabbit with. I believe that was the same staff he had back in 2017, or at least Randy had. He placed it in the ground. So there's a lot that's going on at the moment. We have a potential feud between Randy Orton and The Fiend. We have Drew McIntyre still lingering around, wanting the title back. Is it possible that we could see The Fiend as WWE Champion? It's very possible. I mean, could we see The Fiend take the WWE title off of Randy Orton and head into Survivor Series to face Roman Reigns? That's very possible, too. Because the Survivor Series card was set this past Monday. At least what the card looks like right now at the moment. And I gotta say, it's very, very underwhelming. Survivor Series this year is very underwhelming. Uh, And maybe that had to do with maybe they wanted NXT to be in there, but this time they weren't. I think the reasoning because there were some COVID outbreaks with NXT and yeah, it it, it just sucks, guys. It really, really sucks. So I'm going to go through the Survivor Series card at the moment. So as of right now, because we've seen things can change when it comes to the champions. They have had title changes to change the matches of the card. So far, we have a five-on-five men's Survivor Series elimination match. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. So far, Team Raw consists of AJ Styles, Keith Lee, and Sheamus, and two other members of the Raw roster. Uh, SmackDown has yet to have their participants in the match. Uh, I'm sure at the time of this recording, tomorrow night on, on SmackDown, they will be able to start getting some of their competitors. Team Raw has Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and Lana. And Team SmackDown, again, they have yet to announce their competitors. We have Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn, Intercontinental Champion versus United States Champion. let flip that around. United States Champion versus Intercontinental Champion. We have the Raw Tag Team Champions of New Day of Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods uh, facing off against the Street Profits between Montez Ford and, and uh, Angelo Dawkins, which actually, so far, out of all these matches, eh, that's one of the ones I'm actually really looking forward to. I hope nothing happens there. I hope New Day and the Street Profits keep their titles because that would actually be a really fun match to watch. We have Asuka versus Sasha Banks. That's probably going to be the best match of the card. Give Sasha and Asuka enough time, it'll be the best match of the card. That is, again, if they want to keep keep it that way. I don't see Asuka dropping the title before Survivor Series, but I can definitely see Sasha dropping the title back to Bailey before Survivor Series, as I mentioned earlier. And the main event would be Randy Orton, the new WWE Champion, versus Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion. Now, I don't know about you guys, But I am not interested in that match at all. A little bit. No, actually. A a tiny bit. But the words I'm looking for is that I'm not excited by this match. I'm not excited. I'm not excited by Randy Orton and Roman Reigns. I'm excited for Roman Reigns. I'm loving what Roman Reigns is doing. But I'm not excited about what Randy Orton is doing. Listen, earlier this year, Randy was fucking killing it as a heel. He was fucking killing it. Doing some of the best work he's done in years. However... It's really, this Drew McIntyre feud he's had has really hurt his momentum. And that's a shame because he was doing some really great stuff this year. But right now, I don't want to see Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. I don't want to see it. That's why I'm saying it's very well possible that we could see The Fiend take the title off of, off of Randy Orton. And we could see The Fiend versus Roman Reigns. We could see Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. We could see that happen, too. Drew can win the title back. We don't know. Because we've seen this before. Like I said, we've seen championships change hands before Survivor Series to freshen up the card. If you remember back in 2017, it was supposed to be Brock Lesnar versus Jinder Mahal. Universal Champion Jinder Mah- I'm sorry. Universal Champion Brock Lesnar versus WWE Champion Jinder Mahal. Does anybody else remember that? Does anybody else remember that was going to be a match that was going to happen at Survivor Series? I remember. And then what did they do? They changed it. They changed it to AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar. Which was the right move? It would have been a it's a much better match than that would have been between Brock and Jinder. A part of me wishes to see it because it probably would have seen Jinder been absolutely demolished by Brock Lesnar. But you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that to your top champions. You don't want to make one guy look like a jobber to the other guy if these are your top branded champions. So that's why they had Styles win the title from Gender. The fo- and then I believe either that year or the following year, I think we were supposed to get what? Alexa Bliss versus Natalia, and then Charlotte took the title off of Natalia, the SmackDown Women's title, and she faced Alexa Bliss that year. And that was a great match. We had what was supposed to be again Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles again awesome. That would have been a really cool match to see, but we didn't get it. We got Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, which was amazing. I mean, it was the last real uh, babyface in the ring babyface work with Daniel Bryan when he was the champion. Again, it's not surprising that they will change the titles before to try and spice up the card. And I guarantee that's what they're going to do with some of these matches. Because I'm not excited by Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. I'm not excited about Randy Orton versus uh, versus Roman Reigns. I'm just not. So they're going to have to do something for this. You know who's someone else you forgot to mention? Who's someone else who could very easily become WWE Champion as well? The Miz. Because one thing I failed to mention is that the Miz is now the new Mr. Money in the Bank. Ten years ago, around this time, Miz cashed in Money in the Bank on Randy Orton. And ten years later, Miz is the Money in the Bank briefcase holder, and Randy Orton is once again the WWE Champion. I remember reading a thread a theory uh, of what Sean sent me of, you know, that McIntyre and Orton was changed in the main event and that Miz was scheduled to beat Otis for the briefcase. And I didn't like it at all because I didn't like the idea of Drew losing. I didn't like the idea of Miz winning the title because honestly, I don't see Miz cashing in I I I don't see if you go back to SmackDown like after Mania or something. I don't see him cashing in winning the title. I could see him cashing in winning the title, beating Randy, and going into Survivor Series as the champion. But I didn't see him doing it on a guy like Drew. I definitely don't see him doing it on the Fiend. It's possible we could we could do that. One thing I'm going to guarantee you all is that Roman Reigns is not losing the, the Universal Championship before WrestleMania. I'm sorry, before Survivor Series. But Randy Orton very well could lose the WWE Championship before Survivor Series. We could see Randy versus Reigns, Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns, The Fiend versus Roman Reigns, The Miz versus Roman Reigns, and it's possible we could still see Drew versus Roman Reigns as well. For my money, the one I'm be most interested in is The Fiend versus Roman Reigns. Because there's still some history there between The Fiend and Roman. Because Roman beat Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship, he never pinned The Fiend. The Fiend and Roman Reigns have unfinished business. If you remember on an episode of SmackDown before Class of Champions, Alexa Bliss was staring down Roman Reigns as Roman Reigns was holding the Universal Championship high over his head. And I remember Alexa Bliss putting up something on Twitter and Instagram saying he doesn't forget. I have a feeling that we're going to see The Fiend walk in a Survivor Series as WWE Champion and face Roman Reigns. The question is, are WWE going to do that? Because I'm sure they both want The Fiend and Roman to be looked to be booked really strong are they going to want to risk a match where one of the guys has to take a pinfall loss I don't know but for my money that's the match I want to see the most that's the match that will get me excited about Survivor Series this year and moving on to that WWE superstar who lost his first name There's so many wrestlers over the years who have lost their names, their first or their last. That wrestler is Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle is no longer Matt Riddle. He is just Riddle. Matt Riddle went on Instagram and Twitter today after the announcement to say, Guys, it's okay. I prefer to be called Riddle. A lot of people call me Riddle to begin with, and it's my real last name. So I don't mind it. If Matt Riddle doesn't mind it, cool but I just I just can't stand this I cannot stand how WWE and Vince McMahon just wants to keep changing names of people just stop just fucking stop like let guys come up and have their names let them just keep their names please can we do that can we just do that please it's too late for Matt Riddle it's too late for Matt Riddle for his name change. But maybe it won't be too late for his former tag team partner, Pete Dunne. Great segue into NXT this week. Now, I will clarify that I did not get to see all of how NXT Halloween Havoc. What I did catch were highlights, the results that happened. And I will talk to you about that and how I think about it from what I have seen. So, first off... NXT did beat AEW Dynamite in the ratings. Now, let me see if I can pull this number up here. NXT was able to draw a total of 876,000 viewers, whereas AEW Dynamite was able to draw 781 viewers. It's worked before in the past where NXT have done these countermeasure shows to try and draw in viewers. They did it for the Great American Bash which worked to counter Fighter Fest and now they've done it again with Halloween Havoc. I absolutely loved Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae's uh, ring gear. They had Johnny Gargano dressing up as Jack, Candice LeRae dressing up as Sally and they had their dog dress up as Zero which I thought that was really cool. Johnny Gargano is now the new... NXT North American Champion. He is the first ever two-time NXT North American champion. Um, sucks that Damian Priest uh lost a title, but you know, we could still have them feud. And maybe, just maybe, they want to move Damian Priest to fight for the NXT title. We haven't seen Finn Balor back on TV yet, but maybe that's what they want to do. Maybe they want to have Priest move up in the card and face Finn Balor. Speaking of Finn Balor, going to be moving on to his opponent at NXT TakeOver 31, Kyle O'Reilly. So, this was probably the biggest shock of the entire week. More shocking than Drew losing the title because that was being reported. But Pete Dunne returned to NXT. Like I said earlier, Pete Dunne has returned. And he has aligned himself with Pat McAfee's new new faction. McAfee, Birch and Lorkin were looked like they were going to beat down Kyle O'Reilly. Pete Dunn comes in, looks like he's going to even the odds. He whacks Kyle O'Reilly in the back with a chair. And all I'm seeing all over social media is war games. McAfee. Birch and Pete Dunne versus the Undisputed Era. Yes, God, please, yes, give me that match. I love that Pete Dunne is a heel again. It sucks. The Broserweights was very short lived. It was very short lived and it really, really sucks. It's shocking to me that Pete Dunne has returned to the States. He must have gotten special clearance or something. Somebody did something for him to get back to the States. Because he got stuck over in the UK when the pandemic hit. I am so glad he's a heel. Because Pete Dunne works best as a heel. We've all seen him work best as a heel. He's had great matches against Tyler Bate. He's had great matches against the likes of Johnny Gargano, Ricochet, Adam Cole. Pete Dunne, I-, I am so happy he's back. It was nice to see that he is really back with his bread and butter. And they're really giving these guys the push of a lifetime, especially Bertrand Lorkin and Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee fucking gets it, man. He gets getting under your skin and trying to get heat. He doesn't give a fuck. About being liked. He doesn't care. And I like that about him. I genuinely like that. The guy is great on the mic. He has a great promo. And as we saw with Adam Cole earlier this year. At TakeOver 30. The guy can go. He gave us a taste of what he can do. And I think it's good to. Pair him up with these guys. Who are work rate guys. Who are really, really great in the ring. And he can learn a lot from them. And it can hide some of his weaknesses that he has. So I'm really interested to see where this goes. Everybody on Twitter that I saw when that happened is war games. War games, war games, war games, war games. The other bit of big news that happened on NXT is that Io Shirai retained the NXT Women's Championship against The Ray. My heart really hurt. I really wanted The Ray to win. But they're really, they're setting up uh, they're setting up Ember Moon versus Yoshirai, which that should be a real banger of a match. That should be a really really great match. It's probably the next takeover they want to do. Um, I will say that this worked for NXT's favor. Again, they did a countermeasure, and people wanted to watch. I myself, I watched AEW. I watched AEW because I'm getting ready for the build for full gear. I'm getting ready for that that amazing card. This card has the potential to be show of the year. This card is so stacked. It's so fucking stacked. And I can't wait for it. But before we get into AEW, a certain AEW star has won a top championship in professional wrestling. I'm talking about Serena Deep. She recently signed to AEW about a month ago. And she beat Thunder Rosa for the AEW... I'm sorry, NWA Women's Championship. Once this happened, speculation was going everywhere. Because it's being reported that Thunder Rosa... Has been given offers from WWE and AEW. I mean, she even confirmed this herself on her social media page. She put a video of herself on Twitter, where she's working at a, at a gym, where she says, where like, what's my next move? WWE, AEW, NWA? Who knows?" And then she kind of like pulled her shorts down and pulled them back up. But on her Instagram story, it shows that she wrote WWE. AEW, NWA, all with question marks on Sharpie on her ass cheek, which is pretty funny. So, Thunder Rosa, I think, has really impressed a lot of pro wrestling, wrestling fans. She's definitely impressed AEW, going in there having that awesome match with Sheeta at All Out. And she has caught the eyes of WWE as well. If I were Thunder Rosa, I'd probably go with AEW. But you never know. WWE could bring her a bigger offer. Give her a uh, bigger offer, rather. But I would think because she is more familiar with the AEW environment, she would go there. But it's possible she could stick with the NWA. It's possible that the NWA and AEW could form some kind of partnership. Because, really, when it comes to NWA people going to work with AEW, it's like a handshake agreement. You know, Thunder Rosa wasn't contracted to AEW when she was going over there to work with them. It was just by a date-by-date appearance. So, I would think if I'm AEW... I will do everything I can. If I'm Tony Khan, I'm going to do everything I can to try and get Thunder Rosa on my roster. Because you can look at WWE already. You look at NXT over there. And some of the main roster. But you look at the NXT women's division, it's already stacked. It's already so stacked. Where is Thunder Rosa going to fit? She get lost in the shuffle over there. AEW needs a stronger women's division. It's been building. It's been getting better. Don't get me wrong. But to add the names of Thunder Rosa, you have Serena Deeb, you've got Dr. Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, adding Thunder Rosa to that mix will only make it better. So that's where I would like to see Thunder Rosa uh, end up. I would like to see her end up in AEW. Getting into AEW... We're going to close things off with the show with uh with the show with AEW Dynamite. The opening segment of Dynamite was Dasha interviewing Wardlow and MJF where she says that Wardlow if you beat Hangman Page tonight and if you beat the winner of Pentagon versus Kenny Omega, you could win this whole tournament and you could theoretically win the AEW championship Wardlow got a big smile on his face and MJF stopped him and said whoa 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 listen honey Wardlow would not be winning the AEW championship he would not be getting a championship match you see Wardlow's not contracted under AEW Wardlow's contracted with me so he would forfeit his title shot to me right buddy and Wardlow reluctantly said yeah yeah man it's like, see he's a great guy Sammy Guevara comes in And he is done with MJF's shit. He's like, hey, little buddy, how's it going? Oh, forget this little buddy bullshit. I hate this stupid jacket. And they had an intense stare down. And just like, oh, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm I'm thinking about all the things I'm going to do to you. So this right here with MJF and the inner circle, Sammy Guevara This is the start to his big baby face turn. This is the start right here. Whether this ends with MJF and Sammy Guevara starting to feud, or it ends with a big match between Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Because I've said Sammy Guevara is the guy who Chris Jericho wants to be that next big star. That's what the the purpose of the inner circle is. You have Jericho... The veteran, the leader, the tag team, Santana and Ortiz, Jake Hager, the muscle, Sammy Guevara, he may be the mid-card guy, but he's the guy Chris Jericho wants to push and make the next big top star. This was a, this just a taste of it. Page, Hangman Adam Page faced Wardlow in uh, the opening match, and it was really well, well done. Hangman Page and Wardlow have some great chemistry together. I like the closing sequences where it took two buckshot lariats to take down Wardlow to win the match, making Wardlow look really strong in defeat, and MJ- and giving MJF a real run for his money, trying to defeat him. After the match was over, Hangman Page took a beer and started drinking it. I think Jim Ross said, ah, the best kind of best kind of beer, cold and free," <laughs> which that's true, JR. That is the best kind of beer. Um, going back to MJF. MJF and Chris Jericho had held a town hall where different people came up and asked questions where it led to Chris Jericho challenging MJF to a match at full gear. It didn't end in a brawl or anything like that, but Chris Jericho did say because there's one thing You haven't done, Max. Face me. And MJF started, whoa, whoa, Chris, Chris, listen to me, Max. It's going to be you and me at full gear. And if you win, you get to join the inner circle. MJF says how this is the biggest match of his life, the biggest opportunity of his life, and he will do everything and anything to win this match. Chris Jericho says, I'm sure he was. No, 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 Chris. I don't think you understand. I will do anything to win this match. I will not let this opportunity slip by my fingers. Ortiz gets involved goes, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Listen, you may have Chris fooled. You may have Santana. Well, Santana looks like he don't really care that much. He doesn't really look like he hates you or he likes you that much either. Santana's kind of like, yeah, right. But me and Sammy, we're not convinced. That's why next week, you and I, me, uh, me and Sammy, are facing you and Wardlow in a tag team match. So Wardlow versus MJF was set against Sammy Guevara and Ortiz of the Inner Circle. Orange Cassidy versus Cody Rhodes was next for the TNT Championship in a Lumberjack match. And this match was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. It showed... But a bit of heelishness from the best friends. Dark Order was getting involved a lot, obviously. We have not seen Mr. Brody Lee since his loss to the t- uh, to t- uh, Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship, which I like that. Cody uh, went off, sold the uh, injuries of Mr. Brody Lee. And Brody's kind of doing the same thing. Sorry, Mr. Brody Lee's kind of doing the same thing. Uh, this saw M- uh, Cody Rhodes and... Orange Cassidy have a uh, suplex into the Lumberjacks. We saw, I believe it was Chuck uh, Chuck or Trent, punch Cody in the face. Cody and, and Cassidy have some really great chemistry. This may have been a bit of a bells and whistles type of match, but it worked. It really, really worked. I think just about everything on this card really set up the following week really well. I mean... To take a thing from Wrestle Talk, from Ollie Davis, this was the go home show for the go home show next week, because Full Gear is next weekend. It's it slipped my mind, but Full Gear is next weekend, and I can't wait. Again, I will get into the card in a few minutes. Just gonna sl- just gonna go over some of the things that happened in the show, and I think this match was to show that Cody Rhodes is slowly turning heel, because we saw Art Anderson get involved and clock. Orange Cassidy in the face, Cody hitting the crossroads, and winning the match. A brawl broke out with the rest of the Lumberjacks. Dark Order got involved, but then Billy and Austin Gunn got involved and took out the Dark Order. And a match was made next week for Cody Rhodes and the the Gun Club versus Colt Cabana. And I believe Alex Reynolds and and, uh, John Silver. I believe it's those two. I'm not entirely sure. I could be wrong. Uh, The big announcement that was made for the tag team title match is that if the Young Bucks don't win the AEW tag team titles from FTR at full gear, they will never challenge for the AEW tag team titles ever again. They give themselves the Cody stipulation. If you all remember, Cody Rhodes saying last year that if he did not win the AEW World Championship, he would never compete for it again. And maybe he won't. But I don't know, I just can't see the Young Bucks not winning the AEW Tag Team Titles at some point. But I also can't see them winning the Tag Titles so soon. I feel like if they win the Tag Titles, it could be a thing of, oh, they're just waiting to take them off of FTR. I don't know, I mean, FTR... Yes, they haven't been here that long. The Young Bucks, you know... I think... I feel like this is a swerve. I feel like this is a swerve from AEW. Because we all figured Cody's not going to win the AEW Championship. With MJF in his corner, he wasn't going to win. I think the thing is, is that... I think this is going to be a swerve. For the past year... The Young Bucks have tried and tried and tried to win the AEW tag team titles and they keep coming up short. And this is the tag team where they've been people have been fans and dreaming about this this match for such a long time to determine who is the best tag team in the world. I think this is a swerve. I think it's an early prediction, but I think the Young Bucks might win this. Cuz I don't see them not winning the tag titles. Ever. I just don't see him doing this. But it makes me more interested in the match. And to close the show, holy shit. First of all, I have to say everybody needs to remember Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Jr. The match that happened this past Wednesday, it's only their second singles match. Since All In in 2018, it's only their second singles match. Only their second. Did you hear what I said? I hope you did, because I'm not repeating it. It blows my mind, because I would have booked this over and over again. But that's really, really great restraint on AEW's part, because this is a match they could have booked over and over again. Pentagon and Kenny had an absolutely fantastic match. They had match of the night for my money. Definitely had match of the night. And, you know, you had Ray Phoenix out there. Kenny was being cocky as ever. You know, when they're doing the chops, the chops back and forth. It's like, come on, I want you to chop me. And then as Pentagon goes to chop him, Kenny kicks him right in the gut. It was really well done, fast-paced. Kenny came out with a t-shirt on and then he was starting to wrestle with a t-shirt, but then he says, Oh, what's this over here? It was his the Triple A championship that he won from Ray Phoenix. Uh, you know, almost a year ago. Kenny hasn't been able to defend the belt because, you know, due to the coronavirus pandemic and Triple A haven't really been able to have shows, really. Um, but man, these guys have such great chemistry. I, I could watch these guys wrestle forever. I could I could watch these guys main events. Pay-per-view after pay-per-view. And I will never get tired of it. I want to see Pentagon Jr. versus Kenny Omega all the time. I want to see it all the time. But Kenny Omega was the winner of this match. The first the first match, last match of the night, determined who's going to go to full gear to face off their respective opponent for... The AEW Championship. Guys, we're getting Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. And here's the thing. How they've booked this, it's not even like a blood feud of, oh, I hate you. They've respectively gone in different directions. And now their first meeting since the break of their tag team is in a tournament to determine the number one contender for the world title this is where the blood feud can start this is where it can start you can have Omega win this match which I still think I definitely think he will beat John Moxley for the AEW World Championship and then at double or nothing or revolution even maybe the Revolution's probably a little early but at double or nothing next year we have Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega what a fucking great build that will be or build it all the way to All Out next year. Around a year to the time they lost the AEW Tag Team titles. You have Hangman Adam pa- And the pay-per-view. Not only the pay-per-view where they lost the AEW Tag Team titles. But where he lost to Chris Jericho. To crown the first AEW World Champion. That's where this should end up. That's where this should end. All Out next year in August. Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship. That comes full circle with the tag team breaking up. That comes full circle with him losing the world, losing his opportunity to win the world title against Chris Jericho. God. AEW, give me a job if you're listening, please. I would love to work for you guys. Real quickly, I'm going to run through this card for Full Gear because, guys, it is... For sure, and for my money, it could, it could be match of the year. We already talked about Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. We're getting Cody versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. Talked about it a little bit before. FTR versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Championship. Bucks lose; they're never gonna ta- uh, ta- uh, challenge for the tag titles ever again. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston in I Quit match. Sammy Guevara versus uh, Matt Hardy in the Elite Deletion match. Probably would be cinematic. Uh, Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's Championship. This was really, I mean, poorly done. Honestly, I left my t- I left my TV for maybe 20 minutes and I missed her Shida challenging Nyla Rose and uh, Sean Spears getting involved with uh, Scorpio Sky. Uh, MJF versus Jericho we talked about earlier. Uh, if Jericho wins. Sorry, if F wins, he joins the Inner Circle. He's allowed to join the Inner Circle. Uh, And the kickoff show would be Orange Cassidy versus John Silver when Silver was getting involved in the uh, match between uh, him and Cody Rhodes. So, god damn, this is a show I am so looking forward to. I am not going to make any plans that night. Because I'm going to be sitting my ass down on my couch and watching AEW full gear. I hope you all are too. As of right now, if I have to pick a match that I think will be match of the night, for me, it's going to be between Page and Omega and the Bucks and FTR. That's probably what the match of the night is going to be. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston is up there too because the build for their match has been fantastic. But I think I'm going to leave it with that. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have enjoyed what's been going on in wrestling this week. Let us know your thoughts over on Instagram and Twitter, on Twitter at TNAWP, Instagram The Not Another Wrestling Podcast, on Facebook at The Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Please be sure that you're listening to us on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you get your fine podcast formats going anchor.fm and type in the not another wrestling podcast you get the full list of our podcast formats. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you're all doing well. Hope you're staying safe. Thank you all so much and I'll see you next time.